0: Hi, this is Claudia Suarez. Welcome to Believe. Um, I'm really happy you're joining us today, and I'm your host for today. And we have a wonderful, wonderful uh, person that we're going to be interviewing. Her name is Tricia Eastman. She's a pioneer in psychedelic renaissance um, with a mission to inspire others to become their own inner uh, alchemist. She's going to share with us her story, her life uh, journey, and I'm so excited to have her here with us. Um, you know, uh, Trisha has also learned the holistic approach and has incorporated many philosophies, philosophies tantra, biohiking that she's going to explain that to us, soul retrieval, herbal medicine, and so many different things. That I know that she's going to inspire you to change your life So I just want to welcome her today, you know, to our show. And I want to welcome Trisha to our show today. Hi, Trisha, How are you?
1: Hi, Claudia. Thank you so much for having me. I am so grateful to be able to share these gifts, to be able to share some of the things that have brought great healing in my life and in the life of people I care about. And so just really happy. Thank you. Well, you know
0: what, it's, it's an honor to have you with us because you. I want you to share with our audiences your life journey. I know that, that you, um, how did it all begin, this mission? Uh, share with us some of your experiences that, that, that made you become a pioneer of psychedelic uh, rena- rena- renaissance.
1: So what you're talking about, the psychedelic renaissance. So we mm-hmm. are coming back into an era where psychedelics are becoming incredibly popular and uh this is the second wave the the first wave being you know the 60s and the 70s and uh We've learned a lot since then. Okay. So just to tell you a little bit about my story, mm-hmm. I worked at a counterculture bookstore when I was 18. And so I got to read books about the, the old era of psychedelics, Terrence McKenna, Ram Dass. And uh, I also helped uh, organize parties, rave parties, where people, you know, partaked in illicit substances such as MDMA. Mm-hmm. And, uh, during these events, I would be the harm reduction person. So when someone had a difficult psychedelic experience, just somehow always ended up that I was the the person that was kind of the, the caretaker. And, um, many years later, uh, I, so up into my thirties, my early thirties, I, um, had built a really beautiful, what you would say, the American dream life for myself, which included, um, owning four houses, a successful business with 13 locations. I had pretty much everything you could possibly, uh, want in life. And I was riddled with anxiety Mm -hmm. and, I, I just wasn't happy. So I started drinking, which is interesting because I never really was a drinker. It was more to deal with the, with the anxiety and one drink a night turned into two drinks a night. And then finally I was, you know, at my doctor's office mm-hmm. and, and seeing what other options there were and and got put on a prescription for Xanax. And, um, When you're talking
0: about anxiety, what type of anxiety did you have, uh, Tricia? Was it, I mean, would you get uh, nervous? Because there's so many different types of anxieties. What would happen to you when you were going through that anxiety?
1: I was feeling panic attacks. I was feeling uh, just really like anxious. And, and in social situations, I, I was, a uh, worked in the spa industry and mm-hmm. did a lot of, um, you know, consulting for high end spas and destination retreat centers. And at the time, I was having to speak in front of large groups of people and I would get so nervous. And it was so funny because I had this story in my head that if I messed up, I was going to lose my job and my whole life was going to fall apart. And so I just created all these stories in my head. And the truth is, later down the line, I learned that I'm not really actually that anxious of a person. I'm, I'm definitely an energetic person, but I'm more what they call an empath, which means I can feel other people's emotions and feelings. And it can be overwhelming when you're in large groups of people or when you're traveling a lot to, you know, just be around a lot of energy. I think the, the modern day human um, never really was designed to be exposed to to that um and so it, it's really hard on the body so i ended up um going the back doctor. to yeah yeah going back to my old way which was oh yeah the mdma i remember i was really connected to my heart when when i did that so i started uh doing that and i started having these really powerful transcendental experiences where I was receiving insight into what I really wanted in my life. And that included, um, really just selling all of my material items and traveling the world and, and taking the time to figure out what I can do to be of service to the planet. I knew that part of my life's mission was to create a better world. I just didn't know what that was. So I um, told my husband and Mm -hmm. he said, I can't see that happening for at least five years. So um, I sat on that for about two months. Two months after he said that, I realized I had this vision on MDMA and this angel came to me and was like, you know, this is your path this is like your hero's journey. This is about you finding you and really connecting to the essence, your true essence of who you are. And it has nothing to do with your husband. He's a great guy. He's an amazing person. I, I love him still to this day. Um, not that I would get remarried to him yeah. again. I have a, I have a boyfriend now, uh, but I but I, 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 appreciate our journey together. And so I had to make a choice. And I literally said to him, I said, I'm really sorry, I have to go on this journey. And I left him, I divorced him, and uh, gave him all of our houses, the business, um, all of the material assets that we had, um, and left for Europe. And went on a sabbatical for about four months, wow. and I had literally all I walked, all I had was like forty five thousand in the bank, which isn't a bad situation. It just goes really fast in Europe. I know, you know I know. Everything's expensive there, and if you're traveling, you know it's it's expensive. So, um, so in in my travels, I got really strong um, insights, more medit. I got really into meditation. I got really into studying different forms of bioenergetic healing, which Mm I had already been studying, working, you know, as a spa consultant. And, um, I left, uh, left Europe really convinced that I was supposed to be living in LA. I had all these, these visions of, of moving to Los Angeles. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things I, moved to LA, uh-huh. I felt like I found, oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. No,
0: that's okay. Cause, cause you know, the, 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 mo- the most, important thing is that I, you know, you went to LA, like you said, um, and then, you know, from then on, is that where you started your, uh, you started, you became the pioneer or of psychedelic Renaissance or how did that all started to where you are to this point now?
1: Ah, so basically that's where the medicines found me. So that's when I started to work with ayahuasca and started working with peyote. And when I worked with the medicines, I realized that everything is one. We're all connected. And I saw that all the things that were creating the trauma in my life was related to my own inner traumas from childhood that I just hadn't fully processed. And so later down the line, I came across a medicine called abogaine. And abogaine is from an African root called iboga. And um, it's used in ceremonial uh, ceremonial traditions in Africa, it's like a rite of passage, um, in a, in an area called Gabon. And I knew that this medicine was going to help me. So I talked to this doctor who had a clinic in Mexico and he, um, offered to let me receive the medicine in exchange. I would write a story about it. And, and I shouldn't say in exchange, I offered to write him the story cause I really believed in what he was doing. And, um, the story went viral. Um, I talked about my um, experience healing myself in, in the story. And the most important, I think, part was that it was the first time that I had ever truly accepted all of myself. I accepted my shadow. I accepted my darkness and all the pieces that I that part of myself that my whole life would fall apart or that I wouldn't be perfect enough to get love in the world. Um, I realized that was all a story. And so through that healing process, I really started to emerge. And shortly after, got invited to work at this clinic in Mexico, um, facilitating um, the medicine. So I, it just was a crazy path where I just really felt called to be of service. And I just listened. And the medicine just kept bringing me these opportunities, one after next after next, to organize retreats and to share medicine with those that really need it. And so I'm just you know, here in humble service and just like in that space of listening. And I think that's a really different approach in this modern world, because I think a lot of people, they get an intuition on something and they immediately want to take action and do something about it. Mm -hmm. And, and in the medicine space, it's really about opening up that feminine within and really receiving what's true for you. And so in just allowing myself to be more receptive, so many blessings beyond what I could even imagine came into my life. Okay. You know, one
0: of the things that I think you explained really clearly, which I, I really, you know, I know you quoted in your in your website. Um you know, every day is a journey, and a journey itself is home. And I'm sure that this is what you're meaning by sharing these things that you just shared with us. This, that that's actually what you're meaning, that once you um, reach out to your inner self, you've reached home. Is that what you're trying to say with that quote?
1: Yes, yeah. absolutely. I that is so. I wonderful. feel that every person has all the wisdom and everything they could possibly need within themselves. And by just creating that space for that part of you to emerge and just instead of running away from the things that are sitting with them and and talking to them, like having a relationship with those things to see what gifts they have for you because they they definitely have gifts. And um, yeah, I think this journey is really about You know, working through all of that stuff, not as a destination, like I'm going to heal myself, but really to really allow that that higher intention, that higher self um, to to emerge the highest expression of yourself.
0: Wow, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, One of the things now that you found that out, that psychedelic um, would help you uh, and helped you throughout this journey that you changed. So your life has totally changed now. I mean, do you did you stop uh, all the things that you were doing before that were hurting you And, and did anxiety stop and how Can you help others through all this, you know, share with us how you, what's your plan to help everyone with this?
1: Well, to answer the first part of the question, Mm -hmm. um, everyone can receive healing from this work and the way is, is going through the pain and the suffering. Uh, many of us get really stuck on that because it's heavy and it's dense energy to have to move through. And so really the key in this work is, is just really being willing to look at the parts of yourself that are uncomfortable and really sitting with that because that's truly where all the power and all the gifts are. You can only you allow yourself to. And so this is really about, you know, do you want to play a bigger game in life? Do you want to really live fully connected? And I look back at myself and I see that even like several years ago, um, when I'm self-reflecting, I'm like, wow, it feels so good to not have negative self-talk in my mind and all that mental chatter to just have a clear mind and be able to be in the present moment is the biggest gift you could possibly give yourself.
0: Wow. Now, what is um, I have another question for you, which, you know, there's so many things that you have in your website that are so interesting and so intriguing. What is uh, what are uh, psycho spiritual immersions? What are they? What does that mean?
1: Psycho-spiritual what? Say it one more time. Immersion. Immersion. So the psycho-spiritual immersion is the idea of a one-on-one or small group experience where we really dive deep into your individual blocks And so really going in, but starting from that place of like, what do you really want to create in your life? Like, what is the vision for the life that you want to have for yourself and really connecting into that piece as the anchor and then really moving through that energy, using a variety of different medicines and modalities to work through that energy and just really allow that that self that is, that is wise to emerge and, and give you those answers. So really my job when I'm, when I'm in this space, uh, many people call it holding space and that's the idea of just being the highest reflection of love. And even if I know the answers to something really, uh, questioning that person to really dig deeper within themselves to get that so that they're owning that piece and they're really allowing themselves to, to build a, a, a trust with their soul. Because I'm just going to say, like, I've, um, worked with some really powerful medicines mm-hmm. and there is one in particular Iboga where, um, there's a process of journeying where you meet your soul and I've done a lot of retreats with this medicine five so far. And it seems like nine times out of 10, the person's soul is, the person who's in the journey. Their soul is pissed off at them for some reason. Maybe. They're like, they're like going in the journey and they're like, okay, did you find your soul? And they're like, yes. And then they're like, ask him, ask him if you can ask him some questions. And, and then they stop and they're like, wait a second did he, did he respond? And then like, no, he just looked at me mad. And he's like, oh, okay. So he's mad at you. And so it's just really funny to see that, um, you know, we neglect our souls. We don't spend enough time in this modern society, in the Western culture, to really connect to ourselves. And our souls want to be expressed. Like, that's that's our highest mission in life, is to be a fully expressed individual, whatever that means for you.
0: Now, can I ask you a question? This is a little bit, you know, uh, you know I'm going to be really honest with you. I mean, when people go to these journeys, of course, you know, there are journeys where they can... Keep- try all these medicines like you like you mentioned so they can get to their higher self or we can reach out. Now once they're done with that journey and they come back to the modern you know the real life again, um, or, or do they really heal themselves and they don't need have no more need for those medicines or do they still need those medicines?
1: I think that each person has an individual um approach. And, and the most important tool of all is the integration pieces. Like really like, what are you doing with this work that we did today to really anchor it into your life, to be a transmission of that, you know, part of yourself that wants to be expressed and that each person really doesn't look at things by the book And really tunes into themselves and connects to themselves. A person who doesn't really have their own self care rituals in place, like really nurturing themselves, is probably going to have to do a lot more medicine work if you look at you know, to reach a certain place. Um, And it's not about getting somewhere, by the way. But what I'm saying is in order to have that like state of mental peace and openness and surrender, um, it definitely takes more work because these are these are purification tools. So if you're not if you're collecting things because you're not processing the energy in your body properly, because you're not loving yourself enough then there's just gonna be more stuff that the medicine's gonna have to purge out of you
0: oh my gosh well then um, actually but you know so you may have several retreats before you can get to where you're supposed to be then
1: yeah and I say um, when you when you work with the medicines what they'll do is they'll open you up and they'll stay with you they can stay with you. Well, they'll be with you forever, of course, because of, you know, the healing that you received from it. But but usually you'll feel a really strong presence of the medicine assisting you, kind of like having a little extra angel on your side, working in your life, usually the first month, some medicines, two months or three months. And it just really depends on how much you implement the the suggestions that you receive. Because usually when people go into these journeys, they direct it with questioning. So they'll have intentions of like what kind of healing they want, and questions that they want to have answered related to their life. And they're going to receive a lot of information about that. And so the more that they are you know, implementing that into their life and really implementing the lessons of the medicine, what it had to share and show them, the more that the medicine is going to stay with them and okay. keep working and, and, and keep healing.
0: Well, that's, that's really, really interesting, Trisha. Shamanic uh, integration. What, what do you do with that? What is that? That's, that's something different than what you're talking
1: about? Yeah. So, I mean, it is in some aspects. So I created a program and the idea was like, I think everyone can use, I hate to use the word coach, but like someone there that's like a guide kind of helping you along the pathway that knows the terrain. That's like kind of like a scout for you. They're like, yeah, I've been there before. I know what's happening. And also someone who is there to keep reminding you and holding that space to continue the healing of the medicine work. So what I do is um, it's called Neuro Shamanism and uh, what it means. And it's something that I kind of created. And it's combining different Chinese herbs, different healing modalities, different uh, nootropics and supplementation Many people can't do psychedelics, but then once they get off the pharmaceutical medications, of course, as advised by a doctor, then they have um, damage to their neurotransmitters. So um, so the medicine helps to really repair those things. And there's more and more studies coming out. I mean, even ketamine therapy for depression, uh, ayahuasca for depression. And um, so helping to repair those neurotransmitters and allowing allow that person to have a normal functioning body so being that um i understand that space what i do is i create an entire protocol and it's all related to the diet the energetic practices everything To but i really helped them to tune into them as i'm also receiving that reflection too so we're working together to really create the self-optimization program customized for the individual wow
0: well that's that's really interesting uh trisha i'm gonna i'm gonna take this outtake on you i want your outtake on this we we found we usually look into in um, a website that's called Collective Evolution, and actually, mm-hmm. Collective Evolution has several articles on different things. And um, in, there was an article on, on uh, holotropic uh, uh, breath work, breath work, holotropic breath work, which is a powerful tool to use, of course, um, to explore different states of consciousness and healing. Okay, according to this article. Okay, they're talking about the fact that it, it helps you with depression, gain wisdom, um, you know, deal with past traumas, heal anxiety, and that there's no needs for psychedelic uh, psychedelic substances. What do you
1: think about that? Um, there are many ways to access altered states of consciousness. I will say that, for example, five meo DMT um, the brain states that it activates, which is the gamma frequency, which is the frequency of when you see something beautiful or when you feel connection, or when you look at someone that you're physically attracted to. So anything related to beauty and beauty is connection. It's part of connection. Um, you know, it's, it's important. What, what 5-MeO-DMT does is it activates that part of access. So when someone works with it one time, every time they do a meditation, they have a new bandwidth that's accessible to them. And meditators sometimes will spend 10 to even 40 years meditating to be able to anchor in that level of consciousness. So when you look at these tools, they're all valuable. I think they just move energy in different ways. For instance, the holotropic breathwork is probably one of the most powerful tools because it actually causes a release of DMT. DMT is endogenous to the body. It's created in the body. It's what's in ayahuasca. It's, it's made by plants. It's made by animals. And, um, So it's allowing you to connect to something that's already within you. And it's also can be dangerous if you if you aren't doing it with someone who really understands, especially if they've gone through a lot of trauma, because it can bring up the same things that a psychedelic would. So these states are very powerful. It's very different because the amount of time that you experience the state and how long you experience it is typically a shorter amount of time than if you were to go on a psychedelic journey. Um, And also the way that um, it activates different neurotransmitters in the brain Mm -hmm. is, is different. So when you're having a psychedelic experience, you might have certain visionary aspects that you might not have from holotropic breathwork, but that doesn't mean that they're not possible. It's not possible to have them. So, so I would say it's a tool in the tool chest and it should also be treated with the So The way I see it is this, um, when you look at like, like if you look at yourself as a person and, and, uh, like when you wash your clothes every day, you wash your clothes and if, let's say you're wearing whites, uh, when you, when you go out, you get dirt on them. And then, you know, there's certain things you can do in the washer to pre-soak them and things to clean the clothes and then if you really have a stain then you use bleach but you have to be very careful with bleach because if you use too much bleach you can actually ruin your clothes so i see that i see these modalities the same thing you want to really use them with caution use them when you're in a stable environment where you have support or working with a guide or someone who is has experience with people um, who have had these things come up, you know, traumatic situations okay. and, and so, journeying.
0: So, uh, you know, a quick question. So who shouldn't participate on holotropic uh, bre- uh, breath work or even psychedelic uh, work? I mean, is there particular people that are not really can't do this or, or can everyone do it?
1: Well, what I would say is this, Um, there's different ways of participating. And for instance, microdosing is a very subtle way of introducing yourself into the space of medicine. It's taking a sub-perceptual dose, usually once every four days. So for someone who is on certain psychiatric medications, usually people that have standard depression, not anyone like bipolar, I would say, stay away. But they can take like LSD or mushrooms from what we've discovered, like what I've read from James Fadman, and other researchers, um, they seem to all give the green light to to that. Um, I haven't personally experienced anyone who is microdosing and on medications that's had any complications. Of course, again, I'm not a doctor, so I just, you know, I I say that as my, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, warning. And um, I also say that for those that are really feeling stuck in life and looking for change, the psychedelics are an incredible tool and the holotropic breath work is an incredible tool. Most people, you know, that, that find this work are really looking to make a shift in their life. They're unhappy in their job. They're unhappy in, in different areas of their life and they just want to feel more connected. And so these are tools for us to really open ourselves up to really connect into our, our highest expression of ourselves. So I would say, if you have, um, any severe trauma, okay. uh, and by severe,
0: to, by severe, what do you mean? Because, you know, there's people that, for example, when you're talking, maybe they lost the, uh, you know, a dramatic situation in their lives where they lost the whole family or lost the, uh, uh, you know, I mean, or, or what would you call traumatic? I mean, because I your, would say uh-huh.
1: the level at which it has a grip on your life presently.
0: Okay. All
1: right. if it's got a high level of grip on your life, then you're going to want to have a good team. There are many psychologists. You can even go on the MAPS website, which is the Multidisciplinary um, uh, Association for Psychedelic Studies. And they have a whole resource uh, page of psychologists type of person that can help you while you're on the journey and kind of be a little anchor for you. You're, you're going to need additional support, most likely, if you have trauma that's, that's really got a grip in your daily life. Um, if you have any forms of severe, like you've been hospitalized recently for any forms of se- severe psychiatric disorders, bipolar disorder, um, it can or manic. Um, if you do a lot of work and it moves a lot of energy, it can throw your energy field off balance, like your mind off balance, and that can create a manic episode. So you just wanna really, um, if you have those situations, really use caution and really do a good job at questioning the provider, whoever you're you're speaking with, whether it's an ayahuasca center in Peru or uh, somewhere in Mexico, Or even, you know, like one of the Native American churches where they, you know, work with medicine such as peyote, just to really make sure that they're prepared um, and understand uh, the level at which, you know, you need support. And and they can help make recommendations, too, because it, it is sometimes very specific depending on the medicine that you're working with. And some are better than others to start with.
0: Wow. Well, you have to really uh, research and have a better understanding about all these things before you can even venture into it. And you have to basically because there's people that don't have severe issues, I guess, that don't really need to go that route. Correct? And there's people that have more severe issues, like you said, if you're totally disconnected that your life is a mess and you can't do anything about it anymore because you you practically feel like you're going crazy, like you said, you're going into anxiety every day and you're going to panic attacks and, and you don't know what to do, then this is a good uh, way to go into and research more as far as what you're, you're doing, uh, Tricia and, and how it helped you. It, it was nice that you helped, uh, share your journey because, you know, a lot of people don't, don't know, like in your case, you, you've become, uh, you know, a pioneer, uh, in believing in how psychedelic, uh, really can uh, help. And, um, in your case, you felt tremendously that it did help you. Correct
1: absolutely i'm i i have to say i'm so grateful for the gifts that it's given me and it's beyond words and i feel that you don't need the medicines the medicines don't give you the power it's you that has the power and it's just you allowing yourself to to give yourself permission through these tools to really connect into that part of yourself and the the gifts are just profound when you realize, you know, how connected we really are as a society, and how abundant we really are, and and how that shifts everything in your life, your money, your family, your personal life, your health, It, it can shift anything in your life.
0: Wow. That's wonderful. Um, Trisha share with our audience, your website, um, so that people can kind of research you look into what you're doing, because I know there in your website, you talk a little bit about more about the retreats and where they take place and when they take place. So, uh, can you share your website, please?
1: Yeah. So, um, you can find me at psychedelicjourneys.com. And, uh, I, I offer retreats, uh, usually four times a year to Costa Rica, working with the Iboga medicine, which is, uh, from Africa. Mm-hmm. And I offer retreats with the snoring Desert Toad, uh, 5-MEO DMT, um, in the countries where, um, it's legal. So I'm very careful to make sure, um, Mexico you know, it's, it's, it's currently legal to use, um, five MEO DMT in a ceremonial, uh, context. Um, and then there's other countries as well, Spain, Portugal. Um, so I just primarily work in, in those countries. And, um, and we al- also also, I also work with other facilitators, so I bring other facilitators in, and we'll work with peyote or mushrooms, so um, it's a beautiful way of connecting to nature, connecting to the medicine in a really safe container with a lot of integration support. Okay. Now, um, you definitely have
0: to um, consider that uh, people really, before in venturing to these journeys, um, have to really make sure that, and you guys, of course, are very careful who you expect, who you accept in the journeys, correct? I mean, you just, not everybody is qualified, or do they have to go through a qualifying questionnaire, or how is it that you decide that people can go into, into these journeys?
1: We go through a pretty intense intake process and that's really like looking at the medical history, um, you know, background, uh, what, what types of things the person is, what their intentions are coming into it. And usually the people that are attracted to the work and find us, Mm -hmm. there's a, there's a vibrational match. I know that sounds kind of weird, but it, it just seems that the people that are, are aligned with the type of work that, that we do, um, find us and, uh, and the people that, um, you know, there's many other places there's, there's, there's beautiful centers that do great work. And I think the experience that, that I, offer is more of like a boutique experience. There's many um, psychedelic retreat centers where you go in the middle of the jungle and the food isn't good and you don't have nice accommodations and I, I believe that you know, it's important to feel comfortable in these experiences because you know, you're going through a lot in the journeys you know, with the stuff that you're looking at so it's nice to have, you know, just feel good, good surroundings and, mm-hmm. and, and be comfortable. So, so basically, yes, they go through the retreat treat and and you explain to
0: us in in detail, very, very well done, Tricia, in detail how everything works. But uh, mainly, uh, my last question is, are these medicines or natural medicines uh, addictive or are they not addictive? Basically, once you go through this journey via Mexico or any other country where it's allowed, um, can they just heal you through those days that you go through, but you don't feel like you're addicted to them?
1: So um, many of them produce, you know, certain results Mm -hmm. that are not necessarily addicting, Um, you know, and when they do create what people would call a pleasurable feeling or a high, which does happen, uh, you know, bliss state, or, you know, they call it in the, you know, in, in like different, Uh, like Indian cosmology, samadhi, um, that isn't always the guarantee. So, you know, it really depends on how much the person is willing to surrender to what kind of experience they're having. If a person has addictive tendencies, they will tend to struggle a little more in the experiences because they're unwilling to let go. Um, Usually it means that the ego is there as the observer, judging the experience and expecting more things to happen that are scary or suffering. And that can create more suffering because it's psychedelic mind manifesting. When the person in the journey starts to connect to their heart, then um, then they, they start to connect to the beauty of the experience. And when they connect to the beauty of the experience, from that portal, from that way, there isn't a way you could be addicted. And if you were addicted to connecting to your heart, uh, I wouldn't think that would be a bad thing.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful. It's so true, Drisha. It's so true because you know what? Um, that's what's important for people to clear that up. I wanted to clear it because a lot of people don't know that and they uh, may assume certain things, but no, you you explain it very well. They have to get connected to their soul in order for even for it to work. You know, it's not something that you, okay, you may get a little high and whatever, or go through different things, but if it's not working, it's because it's not, this is really a mind and body and soul thing that you have to really get connected to your inner self in order for things to really work like, like it worked for you. It it worked for you because you were willing to let go and find out what you were really all about on the inside. Yeah, right. There's no cheating. There's no cheating. There's There's, there's no
1: cheating in the spirit world.
0: (laughs) No, no cheating. I'm so happy to have um, had this time to converse with you, Tricia. You're such a special person. And and I'm sure you're going to do so good helping so many people out there that have gone through really major things. uh, Because I know that what you do is is dealing with people that really are going through hard, really, really hard times. And if they can change their life and make their life turn around, well, that's that's worth it. And then you can do it in an ambience where they can also enjoy it at the same time. You know, like I'm saying, like the, the retreats or the, uh, you know, the, what you have, that, that it's all connected. It's nature, it's the way you eat. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's all a combination of things, I'm sure that makes it so special. So I'm so glad you joined us today, Trisha, and I hope you continue with your journey and, um, and continue to serve others the way you are. Would you like to leave some final thought for our audiences? Um,
1: I just want to say thank you so much to you and your team for producing something that's so beautiful and from the heart and this is what this is what we need right now, is we need transmissions of love. And the psychedelics aren't here to do anything to you or to you know, they're just a tool for you to connect to you. So you know, really, in the end, the most important, powerful medicine is the love. And so, um, you bring you bring some good medicine. Thank you, Claudia. Uh, thank
0: you, thank you, Trisha. And I just want to say goodbye and and definitely keep doing what you're doing, especially if you're you're really truly in your heart helping people. And and definitely, I want to also thank our uh, belief listeners. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today in this interview with. Tricia is Eastman. Uh, she definitely uh, does this to help so many people out there. And I want to thank you. Remember to to look us up I, and believe we have our website at www.believe.love. And we also, uh, you know, you can find uh, different uh, segments like health and wellness, true success, money and business, uh, world news, and our universe. And definitely, you'll find interviews like. Like, like this one that I share with you today. And hope to hope you join us again next time in Belief. Thank you.